you doing? I think I need to go to the doctor. Because I've been losing long, long tracks of time now, and I'm starting to just get a little freaked out about the fact that my hand is missing. <laughs> I can't find it. Shake, you'll be fine. That hole in your head will heal up in no oh, time. Oh, that's great. I'm sure it was drilled on one of those days I can't remember. Oh, no, no. It's more like a dimple, really. I mean, it, it makes you look cute, really. Like... Shirley Temple. I don't remember Bojangles holding her brain in the back of her head as they tap dance together. Ugh. Your communication portal is pretty bruised up in there. <laughs> you can see in there. Well, that's fun, first off. Hello, everybody. Hello. Lately, we've received letters asking about what people in this country know and think about the various riddles scientists are working on. Well, for instance, the Bermuda Triangle. Well, for instance, unidentified flying objects. Various lake monsters. And last but not least, the so-called abominable snowman. So-called abominable snowman. Just by way of explanation, this so-called snowman is called Sasquatch in Canada. Since that's what the local Indians first named the beings they claim to have come across for centuries. Well, for instance, the Bermuda Triangle. I know what I experienced. Unidentified flying objects. And there was this light flashing, uh, a white fluorescent light pulsating in the sky. And that's what this looks like, and it's pulsating. And it's just kind of freaky, <laughs> you know. It's, yeah, it's not lightning in just a single area like a strobe light would do. It's doing it to the whole horizon. Asking about what people in this country know and about what about the various riddle scientists are working on. Various riddle scientists are working on. Hey everybody, what's up? This is Ro. I got bored this week, and as many of you know, when I get bored, weird things happen. I wasn't actually going to post a show because Lobo was off, but because I've been losing my mind over here with everything that's been going on, I decided to do something a little bit stupid and try something new. I called Gary up and said, Gary, people like it when you're on the show, and you still have a lot of weird stories. You free tomorrow night at around 8 o'clock? Gary said, yeah, I'm free, and I've got a lot of weird stories. So Gary comes on the show, Gary tells a lot of really weird stories. I also have my friend Lily coming on here because, well, me and Lily have been working on a side project and I wanted to see how she would do on podcasting and how things would sound on her end. Lily's new to podcasting. She drops a lot of F-bombs. She's kind of out there, a bit up front, a little bit obnoxious sometimes, so please cut her a grain of salt. She'll get better over time. No, she's not going to become an, arch an archivist to replace Lobo. Moving along, the real big problem with this episode, it was a pain in the ass to produce and put together for a variety of reasons. Number one, Gary's microphone was ass and it recorded horribly it sounds like he's underwater number two the main recording program that we used to record the show with well it did its usual thing where it didn't record right bounced audio all over the place and messed everything up Thinking ahead of time, because of past experience and other episodes where I've had this issue, I had the backup recording program recording. The thing is, is that one doesn't record as good a quality of audio as the other program, so I ended up having to use that one. Oh my god, who the hell cares? Long story short, I produced the show, it sounded like crap, had to go back and reproduce the show, but because the recording program likes to move stuff around, sentences are jumbled, things were talking over top of one another, it sucked, so I went back and used the other stuff that I recorded on the other audio program. I know, I just keep babbling here. I've drank a lot of coffee. This is my third attempt at producing this show. My God, do you ever stop talking? By the time I got done with it, I just said to hell with it. This is going to sound as best as it can. I'm going to put it together and put it out there as a stage 
Oasis episode. Moving along. In this episode, Gary tells a lot of really strange stories. Gary's been everything. He's been a paramedic, an archaeologist, he's ran a garbage dump, blah, 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 blah. Great guy, lots of cool stories. One of those stories is about him being a Boy Scout, being led to a secret cult ritual, and being fed worms. Another one is a missing time story about when he was doing archaeology work. Another one was when he was a paramedic and half of a torso was crawling around at his site. And another one was about a flying penis implant from another EMS call. All kinds of strange stories in here. There's one about him being a runaway, ending up at CBGB's, and falling asleep on Deborah Harry's lap. Yes, Blondie, he fell asleep on her lap. A whole bunch of other stuff. Um, this show, the only bad thing about it is I apologize for the way it sounds. But if you can make it through, there's some really cool stories in here. It's a really fun episode. And, um, you know, if you don't like it and you can't handle the audio, I completely 110% understand. Anyways, I'm going to drop this show, and uh, that'll be it. I'll talk to everybody next week. This is Rojan. Peace out from the D. So, this show was put together. Well, I've probably already stated this in the pre-show at this point. Um, I got bored and said, Gary, are you around tomorrow night? And you're like, yeah, I'm around. And then uh, Lily here has been bugging me for a while to do something. So I said, Lily, are you going to be around? And then she squeed into my ear and blew my eardrums out. It wasn't actually that way. Was it that? No, you didn't do that. Hello, boys. No, <laughs> not exactly. So, Gary, you've worked everywhere and done everything. You were an archaeologist. You were a... Yeah. EMS uh, technician, or you were, yeah, you were, you were what, when you did EMS yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've worked at a garbage dump. You are the five time world champion oh, winner of the porn um, marathon uh, orgy <clears throat> award. Um, so, yeah, you've, you've, you've seen a few things and been around the block a lot, and you always have a lot of stories. So, I was like, do you want to just come on and we'll just sit around and talk about funny stuff that's happened to you or weird stuff that's happened to you? And then you sent me like four paragraphs of strange things that have happened to you. So I said, all right, let's do this. And you dug out the Beats Audio headphones to hook up to your phone, and you reclused yourself into a dark room and could not turn your camera off and hung up on us no, a couple of times. Um, <laughs> and um, I've I'm got, offended by this relatability. I've, I've got... <laughs> So, yeah, you were on here for, you were also a Sin Eater, and you were also, uh, uh, did the Fort Delaware, hunted Fort Delaware way back in the day. And people seem to like it when you're on our show. So, oh, Lobo being off tonight. What about me? What about you? Yes, you are, you are a listener of the show, Leanne. It's okay, you're, it's okay, you're pretty. You know what? <laughs> you are sitting in as, as guest co-host number two tonight. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, Introduce yourself, sweetheart. Go ahead. Don't tell me what to do. Everyone knows who the fuck I am. It's Lily. Just carry on. So. She Lobo is present. <laughs> Shebo. That's what we will call her. We'll, just, we'll call her Shebo. I am not a She Lobo. There can be only one Lobo. So let's get started. You have no. sent me the investigation at Rockwood Manor with the shaking of the bed to the point that your ex-wife ran out of the building in terror or something like this. So I guess let's just start with there and go from there. I I assume right now that the spirits in that house knew better than I did because I should have just let her run. But uh, no, at the time, I had my own ghost hunting group, as everyone did in the late 90s, early 2000s. You know, you had... You had whatever you had in 2000s, and a ghost hunting group because everyone did. Mm -hmm. 
So I and a month later, to, they uh, were broke up. Yeah, absolutely. As everyone absolutely. did. Somebody got divorced, so it broke up. But uh, we got called to a local mansion called Rockwood. It was owned by uh, originally by Joseph Shipley. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what he did. I don't remember. There was a Shipley brewery, but I'm not sure if it was the same Shipley. It's been years. But it's a big, beautiful mansion uh, made to duplicate his one from Ireland. And then it was when he passed, he passed it on to a relative named Bringhurst, who got really famous and made a lot of money by making square bottles, square apothecary bottles, so they wouldn't Mm. roll around and break on ships. Mm. So that was his thing. That's interesting. So we got called there by the director who said there was a lot of weird stuff going on, and this is like their third director, and could we come out and take a look? Like, sure. So we go out there, just like you see on TV, you know, we had infrared cams and microphones everywhere and white noise setups and all different things set up all over the place. And I'm in a room that absolutely nothing is happening. And uh, all of a sudden I hear all this commotion coming from the Shipley bedroom, which is the main large bedroom of the mansion. And everyone's kind of running out like, what is going on? So my wife at the time comes to me and she's like, so we're, we're in the room and the director's telling us that there's sometimes the bed will move. Like they'll come in in the morning and the bed will be five, ten feet away from where it's supposed to sit. And uh, so we decided to take a look at that. And they said the first thing we did is we stripped everything off the bed all the way down to the bare frame. Nothing there. Nothing odd, nothing unusual put everything back on, put the sheets on, put the bedspread on. Took your clothes and off, climbed into the bed. I, well, yes! That, that could have happened. I wasn't there. Okay. Yeah. Who knows? But uh, in case she's listening, <laughs> yeah. that's what I said. But, <laughs> Burn! <laughs> right. Carry on. So, yeah, we go in there, and I'm talking to her, and she's like, so we're just filming and everything. And then we start having interference on the camera. Everything goes dead. Of course, it's like the blob squatch of of ghost hunting. Everything goes dead. And the bed just starts bouncing and bouncing and moving side to side and bouncing again. And everyone jumped out of the room. So now Rockwood mansion is a bizarre little place. And supposedly according, depending who you talk to, the rumor is that when Bringhurst was there, he had an affair with one of the staff. So, had the staff, she became pregnant, and then promptly disappeared. So, there's a lot of people who think there might be a grave somewhere on the property of the staff member. And since this was 19th century, I used the word staff loosely. And uh, that she's probably. So are you telling not- us about a residual fucking? Is that what we're hearing? I don't know if it's that or whether it's just the anger that was caused by it or what it was. But apparently, she got pregnant. He possibly may have killed her and buried her somewhere on the property. But no one wow. has found said burial. But mm. of course, I saw nothing. But my wife is an adamant skeptic of pretty much everything other than. You know, normal vanilla white people stuff, candles, other things that smell good. You know, 
she does The Bachelor. So how did she deal with this after this happened then? Because if she's somebody who goes oh, and doesn't yeah. believe in this stuff, then, then what happens she, next? She went home. She was like, I'm going. I'm taking the car. I'm going. Find your own way home. Find your own way home. <laughs> nice. And she never went out with me on one of these again. I, I think it really shook her uh, shook her foundation. You know, she really had – she's not a believer of anything. And she's had some weird experiences of her own with, like, missing time, walking home from school, and then poof. She's a mile away with a nosebleed. Oh, wow. She's had some weird experiences of her own, but she has no interest in dealing with any of it. It's just a weird thing that happened, and it can't be explained by her own understanding or dogma. So she's just like, it never happened. I don't know. Hmm. It's always the bed shaking. I mean, that's just always something that you hear about. You know, why is that? Like, what is that? Is it because, you know, People spend so much time in bed, it holds all that energy. Is it like a hallucination? Like, what's going on there? I mean, I say residual fucking, which, of course, you know, it could be that. But, like, you know, what is it with the beds, man? It's always the beds shaking. Yeah. Weird. I think it is an energy. I mean, if you go into rituals in, like, Ordo Templi Orientum, a lot of it is sex rituals. Right. The idea of coming to that point and that climax and, Mm -hmm. you know, I've no idea of yeah. Bringhurst prowess, but uh, who knows? And it is Bringhurst bed in there. It wasn't just a, a matching bed of that period. So is so the actual bed that he that he, he could has. have? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, hmm. the other thing of that evening was in the one of the kids' bedrooms. He was a hemophiliac, the child. Mm-hmm. And uh, they came and they show us the bed. And he's like, these, I'm going to change the bed for you guys, but you could see this big brown stain on the bed. And he's like, this would happen. He's like, and we'll go out, we'll buy new sheets, we'll put it on, and within a week, boom, brand new stain. And he's like, this is crazy. So we're like, all right, we're going to change the bed, take it all down to the frame, nothing on it, nothing weird happening. We're going to set up video. We're going to have a person right at the door but not in the room everything and again just frame of no stain no stain no stain brown stain and there it stood there it can't, it's a brown stain huh. i'd love to know where this video is now but that I was say, do you the, still have the video no the director of the group had this big nasty divorce and took everything and left the town and this is the way groups go there's always so much weird drama yeah, that's there. why there's no groups left anymore, really. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's so true. But that was that was that was Rockwood. It's a neat neat place, but it has a weird vibe. And then I guess one of the owners had dogs, whether they were hunting dogs or just loved hmm. dogs. So you go down in the basement, and when we did an investigation, we would look at everything and film everything, not only for our own protection, but for well, who wanted to film every room, photograph every room so they can't say, oh, that chair was broken after you guys. No, it wasn't. Right. But yeah, you go down there, there was so much Cat 5, Cat 6, I, so much EMF kind of inference in there that you had to turn power off completely. Or there was so, so much electromagnetic field through that basement that there were cells in the basement. And the belief is that they were all for the dogs, but it was mm-hmm. just 
creepy that there were these weird little prison cells all through the basement. Yeah, it's like a um, dog kennel, but you wonder if they had, like, you know. You like, hoped it was dogs. Right, exactly. Yeah. That, that is creepy. So how long ago was this? Mm. Of course, now you go in there. How long ago was this? This was probably 2002, maybe. I think it was around 2001, 2002. And uh, now there is a uh, – well, I'll see if I can remember his name before the end. I shouldn't really drop his name because I'm going to bash the hell out of him. But uh, a new guy has taken over doing the radio, regular tours there. And, of course, you know, someone could mm. fart. He'll be like, yeah, it's a demon. We have well, a de- you got demons in your blood, yeah. Oh, God. So he's one of those people. I think it's a demon. Hmm. He also went to Eastern Mountain State, and of course everything was a demon. There's so many demons. Sounds like Zach Baggins. (laughs) (laughs) He's He's of that ilk, just doesn't make as much money. So from there, you've got... What is Running Dwarf in Wilmington? You sent me that one, too. What's that all about? (laughs) You saw a running dwarf? So, have no you ever running. seen the show Jackass, right? Yeah. All right, and they would have Wee Man in a diaper just running places with the big guy in a diaper following him. <laughs> so we're just, we're in the middle, we're in the middle of Wilmington, and it's Is like... a Wee Man two, now? Oh, my God. At two in the morning, and we pull up to a traffic light, and this dwarf wearing only a diaper runs across the street looking behind him like the devil's chasing him. And we're like, uh, what? So our first thought is, oh my god, is this an episode of Jackass? Because they're from this area. Wait, what, what was? West what Chester. time in the morning are we talking? Two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning? Like two a.m. Yeah. Okay. Drunken bar time. Yeah, but there's no bars in this What's, area. What is Wilmington like? Let's describe that. Wilmington is like a practice city. <laughs> what? <laughs> It's, it's just a training wheel city. So it's tiny. So you have like North Wilmington. Is that why there's dwarves? Because it's like a tiny city, a training wheel city. That's why. Yeah. I, don't, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that could. You got some there. So we are in like a, you know, center city, like not development, but just residential streets. So it's just, there's. No corner bars, no nothing. It's just streets we're driving through. So maybe the closest establishment to go drink at might be like 10, 15 blocks away. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they serve dwarves and, you know, clothless, clothless dwarves. <laughs> we don't right? serve your kind well, here. <laughs> we don't serve your kind. <laughs> There's the side of the door. It shows like a dwarf in diapers, and it says we with a, with a line yeah. in a circle drawn around it. The line, <laughs> like that dog with the pipe on the skateboard. Like, I don't know who this dog is, but he looks really fun. That <laughs> just ran by, and there we sit for like 30 seconds. So finally, someone was like, "What the hell is that?" So when he ran by, did he, like, disappear? Was it like, you know, he ran by and then he was gone, or did you, like... Yeah, he just ran by, and then, you know, we were turning to follow where he was going, so we turned there, and there was nowhere to be found. That reminds me of my Flint, Michigan, Blue Blue Man story. Go ahead, I'll tell that in a second. I don't know if I've told that. No, I want to hear that. Okay. I don't know if I've told this on the air before. Maybe I have, maybe I haven't. I don't know. Well, I used to work for this bread company, and I would deliver bread 
to to like nursing homes and school districts. And um, I delivered to Michigan State University's campus up in Flint, Michigan, and I also delivered to the hospital up in uh, Flint where they discovered all the lead poisoning in the water. Um, So I I was like, I don't know, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I get off the freeway and I'm driving through and I come to a stoplight and there's nobody on the roads. There's like this, there's, there's Michigan State University and then across the street from there, there's like a checkers, a, uh, a checkers drive through hamburger place. And I'm stopped at the red light and I look up and then like, have you ever seen that weird power walk that people do that's not quite running, oh, but yeah. it's not quite walking and they kind of like wiggle right. their ass? Yeah, whatever. So there's oh, yeah. this guy coming down the middle of the road and He's got a speedo on, and he's got the swimming cap on. I think he had got swimming goggles on, and he's got like this like running shoes. But the caveat to all this is the guy's painted from head to toe cobalt blue, and he's doing that that weird freaking like wiggle run thing, you know, side to side wiggle. Yeah, kind of. And he's he's going at a pretty good clip, and he just goes right past the truck, right on down the road, and he just keeps on going, you know. Out of nowhere, well, I wouldn't say out of nowhere, because you're just sitting there and you look up, and when I had this, like, weird things would happen on this bread job. Anything weird that ever happened that oh, I ever saw. Wanderer. Yeah. So. You had Odin the Wanderer. Too. Yeah, I was going to say that. This, I was heading to the same place where I saw Odin the homeless guy. So, <laughs> and this, this guy just, just does this weird power walk wiggle thing by the truck and just keeps on going down the road. You know, and I think I looked over at the rallies or whatever. I don't remember if I, I don't remember, but I think I looked over at the rallies and there was a guy sitting in the window and we just kind of locked eyes with one another and the guy just nodded his head and the light changed green and I just kept on going. So, like, I don't know, then there was nobody else in the road. There was nobody else out in the middle of the night and and here comes the the blue power walking cobalt guy. You know, I don't know why. And this area is notorious for having um, lead poisoning or lead in the water. Yeah, yeah. This is if we are talking about this on like you know uh, a Freudian you know topic, it kind of reminds me of like the Green Children of Woolpit that story. You know, no, this this was weird blue guy. (laughs) Go ahead. He painted or was his skin? I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he was painted. I don't know. He was cobalt blue, head to toe. Wearing a speedo, a swimming—I think it was a swimming. I mean, he looked like the blue man. This was actually just some like dumbass who was, you know, probably lost a bet. It wasn't probably either that it was hazing week or something or or whatever, you know, for for college, and that was probably his his initiation to get into the to the local fraternity or something. I don't know. Could have been one of those ground blue people they have over there in the Or he was just really, really high and decided to paint himself blue and go jogging. You know, it was... Well, we've all had those nights. Yeah. Yeah, see, you understand me, Mr. Morgan. Thank God somebody does. About damn time. Drugs are bad, kids. Yeah, that was it. Was just like, and then the guy just kept on going, and he, and he went down the road, and that was it. And I carried on, went to the went to the hospital, and delivered the bread, and you know that was pretty much it. Anything weird that I ever, anything really truly bizarre happened in or right around Flint, you know that was it. Like, you know, it's just it's just the it's just the weirdest area. You know, I don't know how to describe it. So yeah, that's the way high strangeness ends up being, though. It's just kind of it does its thing. Right. Whether you're watching it or not watching it or you're, you know, it just kind of happens and is and exists and then it just goes And it's on. like, it's, it's, it's so awful. bizarre. Like you don't even yeah. know. It's comical almost, but it's just so warped. It's like, how could this even be, you know, anything but something like out of this world or, you know, like that, that one story about, you know, uh, that guy 
oh, I forget his name, but he was um, abducted by aliens and they were making pancakes. You oh, know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that I never got any pancakes. Damn pancakes. The tick cartoon yeah. made the old tick cartoon made fun of that. The aliens abducted the tick, and he's on the UFO, and they walk yeah. him and give him a little can- pancake. He's like, "Oh wow, an inflate meal too!" Pancake. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> watched to an encounter, which is what's hilarious about it, you know. So <laughs> the dwarf just up and vanished on you, and that was the last you saw of said dwarf running in a diaper. Of said dwarf, yeah, you know, I have friends that live up near that area. I'm like. Do you guys ever see a dwarf in a diaper and they're looking at me like I've lost my damn mind? That was how it was when I saw the blue the blue guy. I couldn't go to work and be like, so I'm in Flint and there's a guy painted painted completely blue, running down the road in a speedo. You know, they they'd have thought I was nuts. They already thought I was weird, anyways. But what's wrong with you? Yeah, you know what 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 am I supposed to tell people when when you see something like that? You know. So I'm glad all the people I would tell were in the car, so I didn't even have to worry about it. <laughs> what is that? But that's the thing about these encounters is like they're so bizarre and so like strange when you describe them, you know, it's almost like it can't be nothing. That is what you saw, but yeah. You know, it's how can you lie about something so bizarre and strange like that? Like you can't make this shit up, you know? No. No, you see this in ghost sightings all the time, it just comes out of normalcy and then goes right back to wherever it yeah. came. Like, wait, what happened? What did I just see? What am I looking at? Exactly. Like, what the hell? Yeah, totally. So you were an archaeologist for a while. I was. So I'm not real sure how one goes from being an archaeologist to an EMT, but... um, They don't want to hear, hey, I'm going to work. I'll be back in six months. Cool. Okay. Um, Yeah, so that's... I gather you've got a few stories from your time as an archaeologist, and one of them is missing time in, in Newark Reservoir. Yeah, so it was, it was a local dig. I'm from Newark, Delaware, and uh, not far from me there was a a colonial era farm. It had been a farm since early 1700s, and uh, we went to go there to do a uh, a phase one survey. So that's all just shovel tests. So you're just, you, you have it, you create a grid and you just keep going on your grid digging shovel test to about 10 centimeters into the subsoil, see what comes up. And then when you report what you find and at what depth, they go back, look at it and get what they call, you know, scatter or see where artifacts are or aren't. So it's, uh, it's summer, but it's not terribly hotter than any other day. And we, my partner Ian and I, go out to dig shovel tests. And there are four more other groups of two out doing them, so they'll be all parallel lines. It's what and, you see uh, like in the typical archaeology pic, dig picture with the squares with the rope around them and blah blah mm-hmm. blah. Um, no, no. So it'll be actually like a, a <laughs> no, not at all. Actually, you're completely wrong. Yeah, actually, not at Don't all. Don't believe everything you say, Rosan. That's called a unit or a meter unit or just a square or whatever. These are just shovel tests, so they're like they're about as wide and as long as a shovel blade and go to about a foot deep, give or take. And here they're a little over a foot down and everything. They're real easy digging. You have a you have a screen sifter like thing to shake and look through what you find. And Ian and I are going about our 
but on you'll, you're expected to do sometimes, you know, 40, 50 of these a day, sometimes more. It depends on the terrain, sometimes 80. You know, it all depends. I don't remember how much we were supposed to do, but we were, we were really in the beginning of it. So we go out, we're doing it and we're talking and talking back and forth. And then we're kind of like, you know, it's, I think we're, I've got to be getting close to lunch, don't you think? We're like, yeah, I would think so. And then here comes the group, everybody. And they're like, oh, there you are. I'm like, here we are. What's up? It's time to go home. Why? What happened? We've been here like 20 minutes. (laughs) No. (laughs) It is, it is 430. We've been looking for you for a half hour. Uh, um, We've been here 15 minutes. You're, you're messing with it. Because we got there like 7 in the morning. So how much did you actually dig them? Like when they walked up, you only had like two scoops out of the ground or something like, like two that? Two or three holes, yeah. Wow, you probably looked fantastic. Uh, this is what we did today, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's we're strange. Going, like, I dug three holes. You're messing with the stop. And <laughs> they're like, no, look at your watch. You look at my watch. It's 430. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I just looked at my watch. It was not 4.30. We have no understanding of what happened, where the whole day went. We never got lunch, never stopped for lunch. We weren't even sweating, and it was you know, <laughs> eight five plus out, and we're just barely getting started. Now, looking well, back, is there any folklore connected to that area or that site um, that could possibly you know, explain? Wood, it is an old wood forest. Okay. But that's all I got. I don't even know much from the time about the family that owned it or anything like that, but there's a vibe. There's a weird, and I don't know whether it's yeah. just because of experience there or whether anyone else feels this, but there's, it is an old, weird forest, and it's mm-hmm. pretty mm-hmm. dense, pretty deep. There's tons of trails through it. But uh, now they just, they blitzed the farm and dug a big hole, and now it's a, a Reservoir for Newark, Delaware. But huh. That was still one of the more unnerving. And I've had some weird stuff out there, but none where you're like, because I've lost like six, seven hours of time. Wow. So Crazy. I'm going to ask you when you came to, were you missing your right hand at all or anything? Or <laughs> Shut up. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I Go can't ahead. find it. <laughs> That's, that's an Aquatine thing. Never mind. <laughs> Anybody see a hand with a trowel in it? That's mine. <laughs> that's mine. I'm over here. So did they say anything? Like the, like the, the fact that you hadn't dug anything yet? or like, Where were you? I'm like, here. You could see oh. I'm following. We're three holes in from our line. They're like, we've been here all Sounds day. Like you got pixie struck, as a certain <clears throat> cutchin would say. Oh, I hope so. I keep going back there. Take me with you. Get me out of here. I can't live in this universe anymore. Yeah, but really? Don't... No, never again. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, oh, oh God, I just remember that. <laughs> uh, a old high school buddy came up, and I took him to this woods because, you know, take him to the woods where you vanished for hours. Yeah. Sounds like a good time. <laughs> we go there, and there's just this old lady, and I'm like, <gasps> old. 90s, maybe plus. I mean, she was very grizzled and old, cool. wearing a cloak, just standing by where you walk into the woods. Mm, he and really? I just 
looked at each other with this, uh, well, what do we do? <laughs> I can just see uh, your and butthead. Hey, hey, how's it going? Oh, Dungeons and Dragons, dudes, keep going, man. Roll, don't roll a one. Dude, this chick is cool. Yeah, she's like wearing a cloak or something. Uh, <laughs> Maybe she'll show us her things. Yeah, we went in and hiked, and every once in a while, we, she'd be there somewhere behind Would us. Would she, like, do anything, say anything, no. like, just stand no. there and stare at you, like... Yeah, just kind of did her thing. Like, we weren't even there, and it was bizarre. Huh. Forgot all about that. Forgot about her. I'm sure it was completely benign and normal, just a old Oh, hippie. yeah, because I just, like, go out and stand in the woods in a cloak and stare at people all the time. You know, it's a good time. I'm going to start doing it now. I'm going to start doing it I want to be the reason for somebody else's podcast visit going, dude, it was a short, fat... <laughs> like, dude, in a, in a cloak. I don't know what it is. Bilbo Fatkins. What do you want, man? What do you want? It was. Yeah. Bilbo Fatkins. Bizarre. <laughs> 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 wow. There has to be a book on weird trail things going on. There has to be, because you cool. see weird shit when you hike. You do. Oh my god, yeah, you do for sure, and you can feel it too. You like start to know when like something's up, man. Like, oh fuck. Yeah. Something's Has up. Joshua not written that book yet? Uh, there's one. There's there's several missing four one one books. <laughs> we were just talking about that. It's David Polites, yeah. Polites. I was never good at that either. I was better at yoga. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You can edit that out. I see what you did there. So. <laughs> All right, so what's this um, Cutstown University Ouija board encounter that went on for months? Yeah, that was a long one. So I went to school. I went to Cutstown. Typical experience. You know, you end up making friends in your dorm. And eventually one night you're tired of just getting high and drinking. So someone's like, dude, I, I got a Ouija board. All right, well, let's all get together and do the Ouija board. I'm even back then, I'm just like, all right, yeah, someone's going to push it around and, you know, try and hook up with somebody. Oh, I don't know that the spirit said you were into me. So this is what I'm expecting. But we ended up talking to some whatever it was or whoever it was, and he would identify himself as DJ. Who are you? DJ, DJ, DJ. All right. And it was the typical progression. Different people would use it. They'd talk to DJ. He'd be helpful. Oh, you know, you should do this. Uh, you're going to do great on your exam. You're going to do this. But he would keep alluding to there's a there's a hatch, there's a door, and I don't remember what word he used. It used hatch door in the ceiling in Old Main. Now Old Main was the original campus building back when it was a teachers' college in the 19th century. And there's, uh, I'm sure every college have one has one, but there's this long standing legend that this girl ended up getting pregnant while it was a teacher's college and she went up on the third floor and hung herself, committed suicide. So, this keeps coming into it, coming into it. He keeps bringing it up. You guys have to go up and do the Ouija board on the third floor. Do the, do the board on the third floor. Well, you can't go up on the third floor. It's completely sealed off. Just storage. No one's allowed there can't go up there. And they would keep saying, door in the room, 
door in the room. So out, out of nowhere, you know, I, I have this class and I'm, and I, something comes up and we start talking about this in class. And one of the girls who lives on the second floor of Old Main, who was in my class, was like, wow, that's really weird because we have a hatch in our room. Uh-huh. It's just a square hatch. And we've looked up there, and it's just a big, huge room up into the third floor. And I'm like, oh, weird. So we ended up going up there and roaming around the third floor, and nothing really happened in there. But just, of course, people keep getting obsessed, and they have to do the Ouija board. So I had friends <laughs> who skipped class just to sit there and talk to DJ. But then, of course, he gets more violent. Um, I remember one of one of the guys was arguing with him over something. Oh, good Lord. I, of course. I don't remember what it is. And they get he start yelling and screaming, and then he's arguing with the person he's doing the Ouija board with, oh and then the whole building has a blackout. Nice. And maybe it's connected, maybe it's not. Strange. But, uh, I don't know. Truth is stranger than fiction. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's weird. We never had the balls actually use the Ouija board up on the third floor. Ah, <laughs> come on. Balls or stupidity. That I know of anyway. Yeah. I'm just like, hey, you know, sure. this, is, this is how teens die. <laughs> this is how horror movies are made, folks. Yeah, yeah, right. movies, yeah. yeah, we used it in the room below the, the hatch. We used it in there, and he would keep bringing up, well, you know, she died for this, she died for this, you got to talk, you got to talk, she died. And we keep alluding to the suicide that went, went on. And it became really obtrusive. Um, a bunch of people started really having odd behavior with it. Um, they changed who they were. I mean, now granted, this is college. People are drinking and experimenting and doing whatever, but it would always be. Expanding their minds. Yeah, it always yes. be involved. So then, uh, Oddly enough, by Halloween now, in the, the first year, Ed and Lorraine Warren decide to come out. There we go. Well, they just decided to come out. You know, they're invited to come out and give a talk. <laughs> hey, let's go up to this place where there's a Ouija board happening going on. Well, yeah, let's Gary go. needs us. We're on our way. <laughs> so they came out, and my roommate at the time was stage crew. So he's like, dude, I can set up to come out and talk to Ed and Lorraine. And they came out because of the legend of the third floor and the ghosts of the third floor and the suicide. So they were coming out. So he's like, we can't see them. They have no time beforehand, but after their talk, we can meet them backstage and hang out. Yeah. So after she goes up and does her, he and her do their walk through the third floor, we come to see them. And... Forget how it starts. And we start telling them what we were doing. And before we even mention the Ouija board, she's like, are you the Ouija board people? Mm. She's like, something kept telling us up there that they're trying to communicate with a group. She's like, you don't want to communicate with this guy. It'd be really, this is really bad. You don't, because of course I'm sure it's demons. Hashtag demons. <laughs> it has to be demons. <laughs> yes, absolutely. What's his name with the crazy hair instead of aliens? With the <laughs> Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And her and her and Ed would just put it. Yeah, we got writing our notes. You know, talking about these people that are communicating and they're trying to communicate. This person isn't really the like. Well, he didn't really describe himself as the woman who died. He's just whatever he is. 
tried to get us to go up there. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, that's best you did because he's not connected to anything. He's a bad spirit. Mm-hmm. Whatever that, but then it, and this is the second time this kind of thing has happened to me that as soon as someone's like, all right, we're done. They took the board, threw it in the trash, got rid of it. And then everyone moved out of the dorm for separate, different reasons over the next like half a semester. And, None of us ever spoke again. It was wow. weird. As soon as the board was gone, everyone just went to the four directions. It was really bizarre. I mean, just on their own, or did like on things happen? Or, or like, yeah, like, it would be like weird things, like oh, something happened at home. They have to leave mm-hmm. school. My father had a stroke. I had to leave mm-hmm. school. Go home. Somebody else, you know, just like, yeah, I'm gonna look at, it, try and take a different major, and they got moved you know, all the way across campus to a different dorm. Little by little, everyone kind of just packed up. It was like it was the the glue holding us together or something. It was bizarre. So have you talked to any of these people since then? No. No. I've tried to find several of them and can't find them. I know uh, Dennis lives up in... uh, Remember up in northern PA near uh, Centralia, up, up there somewhere. Then I can picture if I can't remember the name of the place, but it's uh, up northern PA, up in the mountains, past Centralia and stuff like that. He's married. I, well, I don't know much. And then uh, Dean lived in Philly. I can't find him anywhere. And it, it's unnerving when you can't find someone on between Facebook and the internet and you can't mm-hmm. find anything on them. Like, where the hell did they go? Yeah. So it was, it was Dean and Dennis and Brad and Tate and Steve and all gone. You know, and their girlfriends were all involved and people they were dating and just all just packed up and moved on. And of course, you know, I left, but so that didn't help keeping in touch. But, it was weird. It was just the weirdest Ouija board. Have you had? Up. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was going to ask where have you heard of any other like accounts after that with students there? Um, with you know things happening in that in that dorm. Oh no, I haven't. And I know there nothing? were a lot of there were a lot of experiences constantly in Old Maine up there, uh-huh. which is what brought Ed and Lorraine in, but uh. No, and I think my dorm's actually gone. I think they tore it down to build something new because I'm that old. <laughs> you know you're, you know you're old. Everything's being torn down, rebuilt, or places you lived are now museums. I'm hey like, man, your body's a temple, old, crumbling, and probably haunted. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, I know mine is. Interesting. Well, like, yeah, it would be weird, like, if there were accounts before that, too, or, like, you know, if there's a, a, um, a history or, like, a timeline of different weird things happening there, but it sounds like. Yeah, that's something I should actually explore Reddit on. Yeah, weird. Do you have, in fact, any, like, any back, background on or anything since then? No, I got nothing. I mean, they still talk about the haunting of the third floor, and I know that's still a talking point and a thing at at Kutztown, but uh I haven't I haven't looked into it oddly enough. It was one of those things that was kinda really bizarre and just led us up to everyone failing and leaving as soon as the board was gone. 
And like your dorm was demolished too. It's like once that's the what board, I've heard. I haven't like, been up there. Uh, I haven't been up there. I left there, went home. My dad had had a stroke, and I ended up going to UPenn after that. So that was mm-hmm. never did get back to that school. So let me ask you about this then. What's the one with about the Boy Scout waking up and being taken to a ritual in the woods? Uh, yeah, that this is one I'd really like to be regressed because I don't know what happened. I I know it was it had to be the first or second time I was at Resica. Sure, it was at Resica Falls. That's where we always went for scout camp in the summer. But uh. There was my scout troop in Lansdale, Pennsylvania. And, uh, yeah, you know, usual scout camp thing. Everyone had the canvas tents with like the, the, you know, the floorboards and everything. And someone came in in the middle of the night, woke me up and it's like, come on, let's go. We're all going. That's Wait, this okay. happened to you? you, uh, were, you yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And I remember being really tired and and walking through the woods for quite a while until we came to a huge area with a bonfire. And uh, I remember the guy I'm sitting next to. I remember, you know, one of my one of my own scout masters there, along with multiple others, and probably at least fifty to a, fifty kids, if not more, of all different ages. And I remember them coming around with worms and people eating, being handed eating worms. And they're like, here. And you don't have to, but here, mm-hmm. and I remember eating them and being really like, what is happening here? And then you're not remembering much of anything. And then all this walking back and being told, look, you got to be really quiet coming into camp. Don't wake anyone up. And if you do, you tell them nothing about what happened. And then waking up. And then for many years, I'm like, was that a dream? Because no one would talk about it. I had asked many people since in that group, while I was around that area, no one would talk about it. But they would give you the idea like they knew what you were talking about. Because mm-hmm. like, I had this weird thing happen. Yeah, yeah. So, I was going to say, like, I, again, to, like, you know, yeah. go down the, the, the Cutchin road. I mean, like, fairy food, you know, like, did they know it was worms? Maybe it was glamour to, like, was this, it's weird how, you uh, know, it kind of, like, you know, Sounds like that, you know. It does, because sure. it meets the requirements of, like, you go somewhere unexpectedly with people who seem yeah, to children be, do, yeah. Yeah, people you right. know, and then you offered food. And, of course, back then, I, I didn't know anything about any of that. Nowadays, sure. like, oh, no. Well, I don't know, Trump's still president. Let me have the food. <laughs> 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 but it, it's... To this day, and it's, it's not a memory. It's like, oh, wow, that was weird. It's terrifying. Oh, and I, I, yeah. I would love to be regressed and just find out, oh, okay, it was just a really messed up dream from yeah. everything. People brought up, oh, was it an order of the arrow, which is kind of a not really secret society. but And mm-hmm. I was tapped out for order of the arrow. And you just get taken and dumped somewhere in the middle of the night in the woods. And that's where you sleep. And you're not around anyone else. And, what was and that's nice. how you end up in the Pilates book. Oh, my God. Yeah, they they, dumped, they took us over to... There you uh, go. Wow. Big Bear. Big Bear is... So, Resica Falls is one side. Big Bear is the other. And Big Bear was shut down. Hence, because of Bear. 
(laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure it was big. Yeah, by ourselves in the middle of a scout camp, completely abandoned because of bears. This is fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Otherwise, you wake up, you do a whole bunch of labor, and they feed you peanut butter and jelly. Sounds fun. Worms. Camp janitor for the rest of the time. Yeah, worms. Mm. Worms, Michael. You're eating worms. Oh, Oh, yes. The best. We're old. Yeah, that was... I'm still trying to figure that out. That just, like, instantly made me think of fairy food and, like, you know, fae encounters, you know, Uh, immediately. It's something off. And I I assume it's Resica, but I don't remember. I don't remember where it was. I know it was a scout camp and a big scout camp. You know, there was lots and lots of people there. It wasn't just some little tiny camp that just my troop went to. That's... And even if it was a dream, you'd think it would fade by now, but everything is just as vivid now as back then. And that was, I think, my first or second year of scouting, so I had to be maybe 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. So i got to ask you this story. We're going to go into a different direction because we talked. I think we talked about it off the air, but we never talked about it on the air. When you were a kid, you, were, you got babysat by Deborah Harry Blondie. What? Uh, I was tell me the story how old were you and how did this happen I was a runaway so uh, my friend of mine and his older brother and our young stupid selves decided we were getting out of our bad situations his older brother stole a car we were going to go to New York and his older brother was going to get into NYU and and everything was going to be better because we're young and stupid no. Uh, none of that happened. No. <laughs> so we just ended up punk kids on the street in different parts of NoHo or Brooklyn or mainly in that what's called Alphabet City at a uh, at a house that was uh, called Sea Squat is where I spent a lot of time <laughs> there. And uh, the, the funny thing about Sea Squat is apparently I've been told it's a museum now. For squat culture or something. Oh, so, interesting. So, C Squat, Alphabet City, it, we had a big uh, half pipe in the basement. No way. Uh, yeah. yeah That's freaking awesome. It's an abandoned house that every day you would wonder if it was going to stay standing. But sometimes we'd stay there, and then other times we would stay in different squats or abandoned houses throughout New York City, whether it was here or Brooklyn or. God forbid the Bronx, which is a frightening place, and which was this was like what, like '83, something like that. And uh, so we we spent a lot of time CBGBs and NoHo and nice um, going to the Chelsea, and so we got to really kind of be these fan kids for what was really the end of the punk scene, and we would get to go to different parties here and there. We met lots of people. I met Iggy Pop. I met the Ramones. What? Yeah. Um, Debbie Harry. You know, and, I've uh, got Debbie similar Harry. stories, so I can relate. <laughs> I, I, oh, that's awesome. And when you're just a little hungry kid, you know, people are really nice, especially if they were older teens or in their 20s. Most of them had been there, or at least they've been starving on the road before, so they they would look out for you. Uh, 
guys from Agent Orange, uh, the Dwarves. Uh, nice, dude. All kind of did really good to us. You know, they know, did you eat? Did you, you know, this or that? A seven seconds. Guys from Seven Seconds who are now broken up were just amazing. But uh, I remember one party, we were just at a party, and I'm falling asleep, and Debbie Harry sits down. She's like, here, lift your head. And I lift my head. She sits down. I put my head back on her lap and fall asleep, and I I could go back and beat the crap out of that kid. Your <laughs> 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 Debbie Harry's lap. Don't sleep, you right? fool. Oh, my God. She is so there. sweet. Aww. Nice. And- yeah, it's, uh, it was a long, hard time out there. You saw terrible things and woke up with rats nibbling on you or cockroaches or <laughs> oh God. what, Not what have you. But you, uh, you definitely had a, you had these times, you know, where you met these people and half the time you didn't think they were going to be anything. They were just, oh, you know, just yeah. people. Think, yeah, and, exactly. Uh, 83. I'm not sure where that was in her timeline, whether she had had that Fab Five Freddy. I think that was right about, or just after, because I think that yeah, was somewhere so right was around just, there. Yeah, just really breaking out in that. Rap was coming about, and he used to go out to the Bronx to see Africa Bobata, who wow. never abused me. I mean, what's wrong with me, man? I wasn't worth touching? Come on. <laughs> I didn't know. Why, was he a child molester? I had no idea about that. Yes, apparently he was, and he's still at large, and no one can find him. What? Oh, wow. I never yeah. knew that. Neither did yeah, I. Yeah, that. And uh, I guess they just recently went out after him in the last several years, and he's just gone. They can't find him, which mm. that's sad. But I, we would see Mel, we would see Grandmaster Flash. And, Look at you, man! Uh, it was it was cool in the mu- music scene at that time. You, know, you would have uh, it was kind of the end of punk and the beginning of post punk. Yeah, like, end of that kind of gutter see- punk, you know? Yeah, 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 so, totally. Then I. When I came home, and of all people, it was Patty Smith. What? And so we would see Patty Smith at the Chelsea, and she'd be like, okay. go home. These kids that are out here don't have a choice, but you can go home. Mm-hmm. And I just remember calling home. And back then, they had, like, these runaway hotlines. And you could call them, yeah. and they, so you could do it for free. And just calling home. Went back home, and then, of course, in my little redneck chunk of the woods in Harleysville, Pennsylvania, everyone was listening to all these punk things, and I wasn't allowed to dress punk, wasn't allowed to do anything. I had to just be status quo. So it was funny, you know, kids in the school, and they're like, well, you're not punk like us. Having similar stories myself, I got to ask, because when I was younger, I, we have this place in Detroit called St. Andrew's Hall, which was made famous in the movie 8 Mile, which looks nothing like the oh, way yeah. it does in the movie 8 Mile. But anyhow, so we had this we had this place for this, and uh, I had a friend that ran a record store. She was this older woman, and she kind of took me under her wing and was like, yeah, you know, I'll, you know you'll, I'll look out for you like you're my kid. So she also worked as a DJ there in between bands going on stage or before the bands went on stage, and she just told everybody, yes, this is my son. He's from out of state or whatever. And eventually, like, people just, okay, that's Diana's kid. Let him in or whatever. So I got to see a lot of really cool bands, and I've got some wild stories. But mm-hmm. when I was younger, yeah, you shut up. <laughs> um <laughs> Something about carrots and Al Jurgensen from Ministry, but anyways, um, I feel like I'm screaming. <laughs> um, 
I, 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 you know, I would be backstage and I saw a lot of stuff when I was like 16, 17, 18 years old oh. that I probably shouldn't have been seeing. But you sound like you've been there as well. Oh, so yeah. when they you were, were that age and you oh. met all these bands and you saw all this stuff and then you were back into normal life with your friends and stuff like that, you know, would would they believe you when you told them about this stuff or that would they be like, yeah, you're, you're lying or whatever, you know, you're full of shit or something like that? Like, did I you talk about it for years? Especially, we moved right after I came back, so I moved to Harleysville then. And when I left, I was in a middle school when I ran away. And then when we moved, the sixth grade was in an elementary school. So that insult to injury, I have to come home and go to elementary school. So, how old were you when you were in? So how old were you when you were that that young, getting into this place? This was uh, twelve to thirteen. Yeah. That's what I turn into a little shit too. Yeah. Wow. Sorry again, like all punk ass. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, There's something uh, about the something at that age shifts, and you're like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and it's yeah. I think back now, and again, you weren't thinking about these people like, oh my god, that's Debbie Harry. Oh my god, that's right. Agent Orange. You know, oh my god, it's Black Flag. You, you saw know, Black Flag. Wow, with Rollins. Mm-hmm. The first, first concert I ever saw was Black Flag with Rollins. Nice. Most oh, violent God. show I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and get your ass kicked from that <laughs> circle pit. Yeah. You didn't That's think how you let out your aggression at those punk shows. Like, we were all angsty. You, like, go oh, yeah. and beat the shit out of each other and then go have a smoke after together, you know? They, they made this movie about CBGBs, and they show the guy that he goes and buys these these uh, uh, combat boots from the I Goldberg, which is right nearby, and then comes back and wears that because the owner had this dog and it would shit everywhere, and it was so dead on. This dog would shit everywhere, and the bathroom is just as bad as he ever thought it was. You talking about CBGBs? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, yeah, that's what I was saying. That's what the guy went and bought his combat boots, which starting the whole combat boot thing. I think I stole my first combat boots from that same I Goldberg. I mean, wow. purchased them with hard-earned funny. You got but them. That's the code word. I got these new boots I today. I got them. <laughs> How you know? Yeah. Look what I got. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. So I got to move on to um, yeah. to EMT stories, and you've got a couple listed in here with with no context whatsoever. One of them is the crawling torso, Mister Shitstick, and then you got one called the flying penis. Mr. Shitstick. So why don't you pick any one of those? Yeah, get away from it. All right. Oh. oh, boy, how disappointed I want you to make you for asking that. Uh, so it begins. Well, I'll have to go with Crawling Torso because it's just so awful and bizarre. But a, a massive car accident along with cars hitting a pedestrian. And this pedestrian is crushed between car and guardrail. We know that because the legs are still here, Mm. but we cannot find the torso or anything like that. And it is on the edge of an embankment. So we're still trying to get people together, try and go down the bank and do a recovery, find the rest of this poor person that has been halved in this accident. So I'm standing there with my EMT partner and a couple police and we hear, help me. The fuck no! Nope. I had to go. Someone give me. It. Someone help me! No. And I just remember the cops are looking at us. We're looking at the cops. I'm like, 
No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Give me a hand. Of course, you know, we, we go over. Oh, I feel like you're creeping me out, man. The way you say it with voice. Oh, God. The other half of this person on their, like, on their hands, pulling themselves up the embankment with their entrails all coming out. Oh, oh, you know what I think of? You know the Halloween shops that pop up every year where they sell, like, the Halloween accessories for your front yard? Well, I had one of those. I've got one. The crawling torso from the front yard? Yeah. Oh, my God. It was. And of course, you know, Wow. This person's not going to live. So we have to go down and get her and gather her dragging mess and oh. bring her up. And they had already packaged up her legs. So we have to take her in a different ambience than the bottom half. And she wants to call home. So now I have to give Torso my phone. Wait a minute. She's still that alive, even with the lo- bo- lo- still- lower half of oh, her yeah. body? How did she not bleed out that quick? Uh, I some kind of weird compartment syndrome mm-hmm. or something. I probably from the moment that we found her to the moment that she stopped talking was maybe 15 minutes. That's still pretty long, a long time for as long as it took us to get there, deal with the scene. Where is she? Where are we going to look? Help I wonder me. what like is her that? state of mind is in that condition. Like, you know, does is she oh. even self-aware? Is it just like things firing and like happening, you know, as she's dying? Yeah. That's crazy. There's, she would, she, we couldn't get her to fathom that she didn't have her legs. Yeah. She would constantly believe that her legs are still there. Mm-hmm. At this point, I'm, you're not going to argue with her. Like, <laughs> no, you're wrong. <laughs> Hell ma'am. You believe whatever you like. And uh, wow. she was given a phone and called home and said her goodbyes. And she got kind of silent and sloughed off. That was kind of it. But the, That's brutal, there's man. There's not a lot of yeah, I, compartment syndrome can explain some, mm-hmm. but not all. She should have been bled out. And she was crawling? I mean, like, literally, yeah. like, making, like, like... Up on her hands, like, feet, trying to get up oh, to some bank. And it's like her, there's no reason for it. Wait, she's not Nothing dragging, so she's like walking with her hands basically, like feet? I, yeah, I mean dragging herself behind her. Oh my god, oh my god, I mean, that's insane. There's nothing returning to her heart, so no one is okay. understanding how this is happening. So we just referred to her as patient, patient zero for like mm-hmm. the rest of the day, but that, that was disturbing. That's very disturbing. Do you have a happier one you can follow it up with? <laughs> no, no, he does not. Let him, let him talk. Let the man talk. The what? The flying penis? Yes. What is the flying yeah. penis? Oh, here we go. We get called to a uh, guy's a quadriplegic, paraplegic. Might have been a wiener. I can't remember. I'll say paraplegic. And he's being called for an infection. Due to bad uh, decubes or decubitus ulcers, bed sores. Oh, that's sad. So we get there. He's in his chair and everything, and we kind of help him up a little bit so we can see what's going on. And they're really infected and deep. Oh God! And uh, we're like, all right, we're going to put you on the stretcher, but we need to put you face down because these have to be—you can't sit on these anymore. This is this is horrible. And we lean him on the stretcher. This thing flies right out of his ass. Oh no! What? what? Wait, what? Wait. This is penile implant, and the decube ulcer on his ass was so deep 
it had gone all the way through and the deep and the, uh, the, uh, penile implant had fly, flew out the, the, uh, the cubitus also. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh my God. That is, uh-huh. wow. I'm not asking you, know, you any more stories. <laughs> I work in neurology, so I actually can kind of oh get a visual of yeah. that too. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Party. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, that can see why I just try not to do any of that anymore. I've seen enough. Oh yeah, I know. You can only like, <laughs> there's only so much you can really get desensitized to, and something like that, you just can't get used to that shit, man. No, that, that wow, I know. Where the words "what the fuck" was just a daily nonstop. What is this fuckery? Yes, <laughs> happening. And why? All right, we're coming up on the hour mark, but you being an archaeologist, you've got other stories from archaeology. You've been to um, the Ticking Tomb for the legend of Edgar Allan Poe, but the one that I was interested in the most was was the uh, cave of Calliopus. Is that what it was? Kelpius. Kelpius the Wise. This is this is one of my favorite places too. This is in uh, it's still it's in Fairmount Park section of Philadelphia. Uh, not far from the Wissahickon Creek, or if you're from that area of Philly, the Wissahickon Creek. And uh, Kelpius was a, a pious and an Anabaptist, and they started kind of this doomsday cult at the end of the 1600s, and believing that when 1700 came, everyone was going to die, the world was going to end, that was it. Mm. Now, these weren't just farmers and not. Not that I'm saying farmers are goofy, but I'm saying these, these are they, all the following. They were really highly educated. Some had come from Cambridge or Oxford in England and came over. They love their secret societies, you know, from those. Oh, yeah. You know, that's their thing. And they went along this area and they, uh, Kelpius built a, uh, like a hermitage for him to live in. Uh, it had basically, you know, a door in the front and kind of built into a hillside. And, uh, had caves that was plastered over and even had like a little fireplace. So it was kind of like a tiny, tiny little hobbit hole. And oh. then there was a dormitory for some of the less adventurous followers. And everything was based on 44. They had 44 followers. They built this sort of tabernacle like place that was 44 by 44 by 44 by 40 feet high, 44 feet high. And there were, Really centered on ast- on astronomy and astrology, and As, yeah. apparently even uh, Newton. So Isaac Newton has talked about Kelpius, and uh, so along the way, Kelpius got sick, um, probably because he lives in a cave. And <laughs> As you do, <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. It was some kind of lung thing, I think, and most. Just the dampness living in a yeah. cave probably got some sort of whatever. And uh, when he was dying, one of he was brought one of the disciples he had to him and gave him a box according to legend and said, "Take this, throw it in the river." So the guy goes out there with this rock, the stone that's in there, which people believe it's a philosopher's stone, and he's like. No, I'm not going to do this. This could be valuable, or this could we could need this in another time. I'm not going to destroy this, so he hides it. I shall keep it. Right, and then he comes back, and Kelpius is like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, go back and get rid of it." 
And the guy was so shook that Kelpius knew that he didn't get rid of it. He went back, supposedly took the box, threw it in the Wissahickon River, Wissahickon Creek, and it ex- this big explosion happened, and that was it. And then Kelpius passed away. But people, people uh, put all kinds of legends to it, and uh, the Rosicrucians, yeah. like Amor, uh, believed that he was the first ever Rosicrucian in the United States. So they actually put this megalith standing stone monument for that, which even the graffiti on it is in some kind of unknown language and code, which I found outstanding. I'll have to see a picture somewhere, and I'll send it to your row. That's sweet. Yeah, you can still go to the cave today, and the door's off of it, and uh, because of vandalism years ago, the, the fireplace is gone. But you can still go in there. So, of course, I took my kids. Well, what else would you do? Get in the car, kids. We're going. Get in the car. We're going to go find the lost, uh, the lost cult cave. Yay! Uh, some, uh, okay, there. are we going to eat worms again, Dad? No. <laughs> no, no. Shut It was cave crickets, and I traumatized my daughter terribly. I don't know if anyone has ever seen a cave cricket but it looks like you cut the front end of a cricket and the back end of a spider and glued them together. And they look oh, like the, cool. They look like the aliens from... Facehuggers! Uh, no. No? What was, oh, that... Starship Troopers. Oh, yeah, the bugs. Yeah, those bug things look just like cave crickets. So they're all these little things and crawling all over. So it was like... <laughs> Poor daughter, and he's like, hey, come in here, just come on in, we'll show you. And then my son moves the flashlight up the whole wall, like crawls. <laughs> She's like, ah! She goes running. But uh, <laughs> it's still fascinating, and from what I've heard, and I haven't gotten to no, check this out, the Theosophical uh, Society in Philly has his telescope still. Oh, trying yeah. to sneak over there and go into the Theosophical Society and talk to them and see if they actually do have the uh, telescope of Kelpius. So mm-hmm. That's pretty cool to find. But I try to think yeah. of some weird adventures. You know what? There is one more I'm going to ask you about, which is getting lost in Evansburg State Park. Oh, yeah. Um, Evansburg was near me when I lived in Harleysville, so it's not far from Skipback, that area. And uh, I don't know how big it is. It was big when I was younger. And I was, uh, you know, still with my high school girlfriend. So I had to be like 17, maybe 16, 17. And we went hiking near the end of the day. We just thought, oh, we'll go in, hike this loop trail and come back out and go home. We got so lost. And we're not seeing houses, which is odd because there's a lot of houses that border Evansburg. In fact, uh, well, you guys wouldn't know Preston and Steve, but one of those guys lives up there. Yeah, yeah. those guys, yeah. 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 Steve. Preston still owes me 20 yeah. bucks. Yeah. No, I know. He's like that. Him and Jesus owe me 20 bucks. Uh, <laughs> You're never going to see your money from Jesus, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, never. Never. He's in an ice facility right now. Um. So we're, we're <laughs> edit that one out. Um, Carry on. We've been lost. We were lost, and it, you know, it's getting dark. We're nowhere near where we were. It wasn't one of those situations where we're like, "Oh, this person shows up, and in two minutes we're where we were." But we're we're deep in these trails, and this 
were arguing because that's what boys girlfriends do. And finally, this girl comes up and she's like, "I'm leaving. Follow me." Yes. Um. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Where are your parents, so little girl? Follow the little girl, and you know my girlfriend keeps trying to talk to her, and she's like, well, "Where's your family?" And she doesn't, wouldn't respond, doesn't say anything, and we follow her for what had to be probably a couple miles, and by this time it's dark. None of us have flashlights, and she just oh my. navigates the trails, bring us right up. She goes out ahead of us into the parking lot, and we're about maybe three seconds behind, and we come out, gone. No other cars in the parking lot. No houses near the parking lot. Hmm. So was- maybe any- she was the keeper of. Go ahead, bro. Sorry. Are there any other people around her have the same story? Not that I've heard, because I haven't looked it up. In there, but uh, I should look that up. You know, weird stories from Evansburg or anything like that. But yeah, I remember. I can still picture her. She was a little thing, like six, seven years old. I'm like, why are you? Here? Yeah, I was gonna oh. say. I wonder if there's any other like um, people who have encountered that, like like the kid, the protector of that yeah you know, area, because you hear about that where you know these places have attachments that help people out of yeah. you know being lost or. I don't remember hearing any stories of kids dying in there or being lost in there or anything. I Holy demon! Right. <laughs> Therefore, demon. Yeah, uh, yeah. Near me is Lum's Pond, and there's a there's even a old story of a weird drowning that has a screaming woman that sometimes shows up in there. I've never had any experience with that, but at least that'd be a story of like, oh, okay, there was a little girl who got lost. Nothing I've found yeah. yet. I'm not Weird. finding anything on Google. I'm finding a lot of images. Like when I Google Evansburg State Park go, uh, Ghost Girl, um, there's a bunch of different like stories and stuff that come up, but nothing directly related uh, to a, go- nothing like a ghost that. girl. Yeah, yeah, it was bizarre. And yeah, there's there's a there's talk out there. I can't remember what podcast talked about um, the fact that maybe we're able to produce our own mm-hmm. guardian spirit or something yep. like that always made me think of that story that here we are, we're producing energy. Her and I are arguing back and forth. The laws of getting the dark. I don't know where I'm going. She don't know where she's going. Poof, this girl shows up. We follow her. They're like, hey, chop, chop, focus. Uh, and I'm like, hey, yeah. Like, follow yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no, there's, it could be anything, you know, there's never an explanation to any of this shit. So, you know, anything's possible. And people, you know, the, the, human potential for something like that, you never know. I mean, maybe it's just you doing that, like, subconsciously to get your ass out of there. So you, like, die. If we can combine focus, create talkus, and who knows what we can do for temporary. Maybe it's a whole other system. (laughs) Part of our psyche that I... We obviously knew the whole way how to get out of there. Somewhere in our memory is how to get out of there. Maybe it's a projection of our... Whatever to create, just so our mind can get us out of there. But I mean, your mind, your brain will do some crazy ass shit to oh, get your ass in gear when you're in danger. You know, you know that because you, you know. Oh yeah, you would hear it uh, in the all the time. Right. You know. Yeah. So you, you know, you're in crisis mode. Your brain is like, yes, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I keep interrupting no, you. No, not at all. 
So I got to ask you this, and then we'll, then I'll be done with you. This has nothing to do with ghost hunting or anything. I have several I'm friends started over the years that have worked in like ghost hunting. I'm not ghost hunting, but EMT, so forth, etc. And apparently, there's a term when something starts going bad in the back, or things start going weird in the back, or whatever. There's a term that's used. It's like there's a dog in the road, which was kind of code to whoever's driving to hurry up and get to the hospital or something like that. Have you ever heard of that? Do you use that term? We always said pucker. A pucker? <laughs> you know, it was the pucker. Fact. Your ass is puckering up. Oh, so shit. You would just look at your – you'd come in, you'd find your patient. Oh, okay, let's see. And, pull, and, and what's the background? Uh, yeah, he's just feeling a little a little sweaty, a little bit of chest pain. Oh, okay, have you had cardiac uh, situations mm. before? I have four stents. I've had two bypasses, four heart attacks, and a stroke. Pucker, let's go. Yep. <laughs> Get on the stretcher. Let's go. Huh. Okay. Or, you know the person drops and they're just always talking about the pucker factor. It's like, all right, your things have gone so south with your ass is puckering. But dog in the road, man. I get that too. You so you've used that term before because he would be like, yeah, if we have somebody in the back of the ambulance and they're starting to flip out or things are going bad, we'll yell. There's a dog in the road up front, so as not to disturb the patient or make uh, them even more freaked out. Uh, no, but that's a damn good idea. I'm gonna have to share that with some of my friends. Yeah. Like here's one to use. Yeah, I like that. I worked with some real jackass, so it could have been something. They just didn't know it. Huh. All right, Gary. Well, um I guess we're gonna let you go now. But um you don't have a website, you don't have a book, you don't um you don't really you don't have, have anything. You don't have nothing. I got nothing. No, just me. Hanging just out in the Facebook page. The book of faces, yeah. That's the one day I'll do something, grow up and have something to like promote or something. Yeah, I keep telling you people, come see me. <laughs> uh, yeah, you should like everyone listening should go see Lily here. And- yeah. How's the? Um, are you still doing the yeah. the senator thing? Are you still? Is that still part of what you do? Yeah, I, um, I was actually look trying to look more into my grandfather's history and. Little by little, I get little leaves here and there on Ancestry and trying to put together who his parents were, which I now know his father's name was Wilbur. And uh, oddly enough, his mother's middle name was Emma, which is my daughter's name, which I you know thought was really nice. And that wasn't on purpose because I didn't know I have one little tiny family Bible with Mary Emma Darry and if I wasn't sure who she was and how she connected. But... Uh, yeah, little by little, kind of putting his putting his uh, people together. Now I'm just trying to research them and where they're from. And... Cool, dude. Yeah, maybe. But, uh, uh, that's just, that just fascinates me, that whole, you know, um, custom that it's being done here in the States still. Like, I, I've never seen it done here, and I've worked in the funeral industry. I think I was telling you this earlier, and that's yeah. just rad, you know? It's beautiful, I the only times I've done it for the most part, except for two actual full funerals, it was for friends or friends of friends who are like, Hey, you know, my brother died or, Hey, you know, my uncle died. And, you know, he kind of was a rabble rouser, had a pretty crazy life. And I mentioned what you did to so-and-so and they were wondering if you would come and do it. And it was always before, before it. Yeah. Some people I would have to talk through, and then the two funerals I did it for, they knew what to do, which I found even weirder. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, you know, they brought the bread, they brought the dark beer, and just, 
had it all set up and huh. keep your eyes to yourself, walk in, do your do, and huh? say the prayer and go. Huh? But, uh, yeah, I'll do it. I, I don't mind doing it for people. It's just not something most people have heard of or even know exists. And, yeah. You don't offer your services out there still, though, right? You don't have, like, a, a place where people can contact you or anything like that. No, no. And uh, I've thought about several times kind of trying to write something. I wanted some more family history to put in there before I just, ah, yeah, like my grandmother or grandfather said I was or something. And, <laughs> <laughs> you should, like, have me come to your funeral. <laughs> you know, it's furthest. But it is a very yeah. beautiful custom when you think about it. I mean, it yeah. is a very, you know, it's a, it's a brilliant um, show of respect to, you know, yeah. the distant, you know. I, I, I wish I had seen it at some point when I was in the industry, but no, never, never. No, it, it, it's super rare. And even within, like, the Irish cultural clubs here in Delaware and stuff, when I've been in there, I've asked people if you've heard about it. And they're like, yeah, like my grandmother. Well, that's the thing is, like, even people like, you know, old-time funeral directors who are, like, really, you know, into the death industry and the history and, like, going way back, they didn't even know what it was, like, some of the directors I worked with. And I was like, wow, you know, that's, yeah, I've never seen it or even have had it mentioned, you know, in the States. I know that it's actually, I think it's more common still, you know, across the pond. I think that's something that's... yeah. And well, it's making a comeback. A lot of, like, hipsters are doing it and offering services. And, really? It's yeah. craft. Oh, yeah. If you, do, if you do a search on nice it. Nice to blend. <laughs> but the, there's people that are doing it again. Um, but I don't I, – I just think they're doing it because they're trying to be cool. I don't think, like, it's passed – because that's how it was. It was passed down through the family yeah. lineage. Um, and the last purported one died a little while, quite some time ago, I guess. So when you said, yeah, I do this, yeah, I was like, wait yeah. a minute. And you said, yeah, it's passed through the family. I'm like, wait a minute. So, Yeah, and I remember researching for your show, trying to find a little more on my family that we came uh, from an area of Wales that was right on the border of that town where the, the last sin eater passed. Oh. So there must have been some Passover between Wales and England and I really think it was, it developed during the Protestant Reformation. Yeah. Protestantism and England did away with Catholicism. And I think it became a product of that. I, yeah. yeah. And I think it was kind of capitalized upon too, you know, at the time sure. where people were like, you know, Hey, you know, you got a sin, you know, like it started to like go from like a funeral custom to like, you know, People yeah. offering it just to, you know, like I got a guy, like an underground. <laughs> hey, I know a guy, you know, he'll 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 take care of your sins. And it was like kind of shameless, dirty, you know, yeah. shameless. Well, they were they were outcasts though. That's the thing though. They, they people didn't really like the sin eaters. They, they weren't, were, oh, you know, like yeah. I mean, within their family, they had a role to play. But yeah, they were like shunned. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm like, hey, Shane, Mister. Yeah. Your uncle was kind of a scumbag. I got a guy, man. He'll fix that all up for you. Yeah, you can throw down. It wasn't something like that. You plus you went. You didn't make very much money doing it, anyways. I think you got like a couple of yeah, coins or was, something. Yeah, a couple of pence and and some the beer and whatever, and you know the scorn of everyone you know. So it was, it was a, definitely a great gig. 
Yeah, especially <laughs> if you didn't give a fuck, you know, you're like, yeah. I ain't got nothing to lose, bring it. Some old but, guy, not unlike myself, who's like, you know, I kind of hate everyone. You know, <laughs> one I'm gonna, uh, yeah, I'm like a sin eater now. Oh, yeah, none of you all talk to me now. This is the best. <laughs> Dude, uh, why didn't I think of that? Brilliant. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to wrap it up. Um, Gary, thanks as always for coming on. Thanks for the funny stories. And uh, I don't know how much more you've got, but... <laughs> The, the night is young. Long. I, thank you. Look, see, go away. Like, we, you know, why don't you just like, oh, yeah? take it yeah. from here? You, you want to sit and edit one of these sometime? Sure, no problem. No, let no, let I'm just saying, you know, like, you got somewhere to be. Rojan? I don't know, I don't know when Rose sleeps. What? Between work, the kids, making beer and mead. And well, the, the kids are grown up now, so it's not that big of a that that's not that big of a deal. Um, it, it's just that I've always got something to do, and I, I I do sleep, but not correctly. I sleep erratically, for lack of a better term. But we're in good company for that, so you know, it's it's a thing. But it's not it's not uncommon for me to be up until three o'clock in the morning, you know, or going to crawling into bed at three thirty in the morning. That's that's not unusual for me to do. Tonight, I will probably be up late tonight for sure. So, Golly. Yeah, it happens. It's a thing. 11 o'clock. Are you out of your mind? I'm 48. <laughs> 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 uh, You'd need black label at 1,500. That, that, that was you that got it, right? That was you that got that stuff? Yeah, I ordered it. It's, it's on its way. Oh, you have to tell me what that's all about when it, yes, Ooh. I need to follow up with you on that's that shit now. It's like six ninety five, seven hundred, yeah. and this is one thousand five hundred fifty. Where did yeah, you get I'm it from? It's gonna literally explode, and it's gonna be so oh, fucking yeah. cool when it happens. Yeah, it's gonna I'm gonna curl get this your teeth and straighten your hair. Big yeah. long text and messenger with no with no periods. It's gonna be one just <laughs> one long paragraph <laughs> sentence. <laughs> one long badly or, typed sentence. Whoa. Yeah, and it'll have oh, periods in the wrong spot, <laughs> so it'll you know. I don't ever ever sleep. I've been in your sweater. <laughs> it's made from my hair. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you knitted me a sweater from your actual hair? Don't question me! <laughs> Don't question me! It's made from my back hair. Just take it. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so Gary sends me a, a back hair knitted sweater. Thanks, folks. Oh, how thoughtful. <laughs> well, At least hair. So we see a picture of him. His eyes are just bugged out. And he's got, like, this saliva coming out of his mouth because he's breathing so heavy. <laughs> Anyways... Well, How much did that coffee cost you? Where did you get it? Tell me the same, details. Nineteen ninety nine. It's from uh, Devil Mountain Coffee. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, yeah, yeah she's, she has Mountain credit card in hand. I'm sure they have normal caffeine coffee for you non hackers, and then you have, you know, they have pure methamphetamine coffee for the rest of it. The next one's going to be like 1,200 milligrams. This is going to be called 8-Ball. Uh, <laughs> right? Has, yeah, sign me up. has pharmaceutical-grade caffeine. It just yeah, but... A- Dude, that stuff is great if you, like, need to lose about, like, 15 pounds in two weeks. Um, yeah, but there was me. that guy that died from it. He took too much of it. Oh, That's not the point. He lost weight, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Well, You're missing yeah, the point. Once they embalm, you lose a bunch of weight. Yeah, dude. That's good. Trust me. Yeah. Oh, 
I don't know what they use, like what they. Use. I'm never going to get you off of this show. <laughs> oh, no, no less for That's you. What? Both of you. Really? <laughs> oh, you know how right. long it took me to get this, to get my camera off? No, I'm not leaving. You know what? This is all your fault because I forced you to let me be on here. Oh, and without, <laughs> with violent screaming, constant text messages, yes. and more screaming. Yes. So why don't yes. I just have a little circle that says LV? Is that for language and violence? No, that's yes. her. <laughs> oh, that's you. Yes. Oh, that's Actually, that fits very well. That fits very well. Okay. I know what I'm doing. So, <laughs> Leanne, thank you for coming out yes. and doing this and keeping the show going, because I'm closing it out now. We're wrapping it up. Yes. Howard. <laughs> Rower. Oh, running. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. I'd say that was a pretty successful broadcast.